Hello and welcome to episode three of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN, a show all about learning how to achieve your goals and dreams as a business owner. And we're back with your host, Adam Bankhurst, and my trusty friend and compatriot, Ron Greenbaum. How's it going? It's going great. It's another beautiful day. It is. We're happy to be back and we're super excited this week because we have the one, the only Chris Foley of iHeartRadio and we're so excited to have her on to tell her story. How's it going, Chris? It's going great. I'm so excited to talk to you two and very glad that Grow Like a Pro is on one of our stations here. Yeah, it's something that came together and it just, it was so great because it's I, it feels like such a perfect fit because you guys do such great work and there's so many incredible people on there and we've only had the show for a few weeks, but it already feels like such a great natural fit. So we really just appreciate the opportunity. Likewise, likewise. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be talking to you because I think there's a lot of topics on leadership right now that are so important and people are looking for answers and advice and insight. And this is just purpose-driven work. And I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I, I, we always like to start with like, who are you? Who is Chris? And what, what, what makes Chris awesome? That's, that's kind of what we like to start with. Okay, so I'm a mom. I think that makes me pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm a, I'm a working mom. I have twin daughters who are nine and a son who is 11, and they've taught me so much. Um, and I also, my day job is that I'm the region president for Central Ohio for iHeartMedia, which means that I get to work with about 100 wonderful employees here in greater Columbus and uh, get to work with the on-air properties, uh, work with some of our top clients, help our advertising executives make smart decisions, recommendations for clients, and all in all, we get to grow business together. So it's quite a responsibility. Uh, We're hugely involved in the community and every day working to do more and more. Uh, to make sure that we're giving back to the audiences that make us so strong here. You know, I'm a client and Chris's passion and her, uh, it comes through, comes through with the people that work for her, uh, comes through with just all the dealings I've had with uh, iHeart since uh, Chris has taken over, which uh, I'm sure she'll tell us when that was, not that long ago, actually. Not that long ago, yeah. And so, uh, uh, it's, it's been fabulous. Thank you, thank you. I mean, and I think it... it Top-down leadership is really important, and I learn a lot from our team. Like, we have a lot of good people, and I think that's the secret to leadership is finding really amazing individuals that want to get better and want to perform and want to be coached and want to do good. And when you have that on your team, it's really easy to lead them forward because the inertia is already there. Like you said, it's it's all about a team effort, and it's it, it really it really is is so much in, in pretty much every industry and business. It's all about the people you have around you, but it also you know comes down to you. And you obviously didn't just get this job. You've you've been with iHeart and I guess at a time Clear Channel for over twenty years now, hasn't it been? It's been a long time. So yeah, I've been with iHeartMedia for a long time. I started um, as an account executive in Cincinnati, brand new to media, and had a lot of good training and experiences. And I think my ability to really think like a consumer has always been at my core. And it gave me a lot of success developing campaigns. And then I literally have followed my husband around to three different cities as he's had success in his career. And I've been able to adapt. And every time I've been fortunate with this company to have an opportunity put in front of me uh, to grow. So I got to a point in my sales career where I found that I was having more fun helping others, like newer account executives that were coming on board, uh, seeing them win and helping in that progress uh, process actually made me feel so jazzed and 
so it got to a point where I said, you know what, I think I'm ready to go into the sales leadership. So I became a sales manager and took on more responsibilities. I was the director of sales in Cleveland, Ohio, moved on to our multi-market partnerships team, which is something really neat that iHeart does, where instead of having to have relationships everywhere in the country, you can work with one person across multiple markets. So I was on that team and uh, now get to work with the team here in Columbus. So I'm very lucky. It's a great company. Um, so very fortunate. I was in Cleveland for, uh, it's funny, we were supposed to be there for five years. I ended up being there for 10. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that I, feels like, you know, 10 years feels like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Ron and I are actually both from Cleveland. So it was, it was fun to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, did you enjoy your time there? Were you like living downtown or was, no, was it? I, I was pleasantly surprised. So I went to Cleveland, not knowing anything about the city. Um, my husband bank, husband's bank was bought out and he was offered a great opportunity. So we're like, we'll do it. You know, and we had all three yeah. of our children there lived downtown for a little bit, lived in Strongsville and then Brexville. Uh, I'm very fond of Cleveland and how gritty that city is. And, um, I, I like, we liked it a whole lot more than we thought we would. So, yeah. and, and Columbus has been an even an even an, an, an equally cool experience and and how strong and smart the city is. Uh, it's really cool to be on the cutting edge still in the Midwest where you know the cost of living is so favorable, but the people are so nice and um, and I, and I grew up on the East Coast, so that's coming from an East Coaster. So I guess what what kind of brought you in to radio? Was that kind of a goal you had or was it kind of just an opportunity that you saw and then just kind of grew into your career? Like, I'm, I'm always curious about where you started and how you got to this this path you were on. Sure. So I went to Ohio University um, in their College of Journalism. I actually do what I went to school for, which I think is crazy. Oh, yeah. Don't, but um, I've always been fascinated by what motivates consumer behavior. So I started out as a psychology major, and then I decided that that was going to be too long to go get my doctorate. So I went more down the understanding how consumers react and the psychology of that, uh, which really is marketing. And I interviewed um, and had internships in three different areas. One was TV. One was the agency side. Um, and then it came down to working in radio. And what I found was that television was much more mathematical and radio audio is so much more creative and I'm left-handed. I'm right-brained. I love to develop out really cool concepts. So radio felt like home to me. I just love the emotional connection that we can have with people and that companionship and that trust and the bill and really the ability to work with a blank canvas in terms of how we put our assets together to work for, for businesses. So that's, it's always been home to me and I, I think it will be home to me for a very long time. One of the things that uh, I, people over the years have said, you know, I, I grew my brand on television and radio, both. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, it used to be, again, you get that emotional attachment on TV. You know, I do my own ads, so yeah. that makes a, a big difference. But I've found in the last few years, there's, you can, as you said, you can get that emotional attachment on the radio and you know, it, it's a little bit, uh, you could, I think you can reach more people as well, because really on television, there's just so many choices now, but people really like their radio station. So if they're listening, for instance, to 610, which, you know, we're on right now, sure. they sometimes it's, it's hard to get them to turn it off. I mean, that's what they want. 
so Ron, you're so right. I mean, there's so many choices out there and there's a lot of great options in video and in audio. And, and I do agree with you when it comes to radio, what makes us unique is that sense of companionship. The fact that you have a personality that you connect to, that you're in the know, that's something that I think has always been at the heart of what we do. And it's why advertisers get such a good response and why the audiences stay so strong. Uh, because with technology, you would think it would bring people together. It actually can make people feel more isolated. So that sense of community is so important. And I think it's 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 very interesting too about you know the the changing in technology. And I mean, you've seen it firsthand by being there for over twenty years. So I'm I'm, I'm very interested to kind of hear also that take about how you've seen the evolution of radio and television and technology and you know online streaming and everything. And sure. I'm very curious to to hear that angle because that's as you said, technology. <laughs> is a, a constantly evolving beast. So we look forward to coming back and talking more on Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro with your hosts, Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our super special guest, Chris Foley. And we are back once again to hear more of Chris's story and kind of get into this, this segment at least about... The evolution of technology, because, you know, Chris, you've been with radio for over 20 years, and obviously it's incredible how much technology has advanced and how we've moved on to basically a streaming future and how everything has evolved. So I'm very curious to hear your perspective on this evolution over these past 20 years. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you a statistic. That's gonna, it blew my mind when I, when I learned it. In 10 minutes today, the average person is exposed to more messages than a person living in 1900 was served an entire year. Jeez. <laughs> so just put that in perspective, you know, and so that, so yes, so much has changed. And in fact, you know, throughout my career here, um, 10 years ago, our CEO said, we have to change. We have to, we have, we have some of the best products and the best personalities, but Clear Channel no longer defines us. We need to make sure that our content can be available anywhere and everywhere in which consumers want to, to consume it. And he was he, groundbreaking. I mean, you think about the, the fact that the, uh, the Peacock app was just launched last year, right? Our, yeah. our iHeartRadio app was built and launched 10 years ago, and it was a brave <laughs> move. It, and it took a lot of capital and investing. But now we really are, we, we really are able to be so close to the consumer, whether they want to listen to us by broadcast or through an app uh, and smart devices, smart speakers. Uh, and it was it was mind blowing, and and we really have become a one of a kind media company rooted in companionship and also in entertainment. Um, and it was you look at where we are now compared to where we could have been, and I'm so thankful for the risk that he took said uh, to, to change our name from Clear Channel to iHeartRadio and invest in this app uh, that now has more than 137 million registered users. To put that in perspective, all the broadcast ratings for radio are done by Nielsen on a survey group of about 300,000 people across the United States. So it's pretty amazing to see how fast it's grown. And, you know, it, the, the audio superhighway has many great lanes and, and it's nice to be a player in that field. One of the things over the years, you know, again, being an advertiser, I was approached uh, many, many years ago, actually, uh, regarding you know, a lot of uh, television and radio were getting into the internet and yeah. selling us what I would call, you know, third-party uh, internet um, 
and banners and the way, you know, they have a lot of listeners and, you know, it took a while to really understand. And I think it took a while for a lot of stations and uh, media stations, whether it's TV or radio or it changed so dramatically and so quickly that I think it was a challenge even for the reps that uh, were with these stations to try to explain it because everybody was kind of like a big grab. Everybody was trying to go after the same people. So I think that things have settled out. And like you said, I think what I find is you your station makes it very, very easy to uh, do business with. And that's what you need to do in this day and age. Well, I really appreciate hearing that because I think a lot of businesses, you know, leaders like you, Ron, like you probably have vendor fatigue. The last thing you want to do is work with more people and have to explain more about what the ROI proposition is. And if you can work with someone you really trust, like Mandy, for example, and, and, and she can help and really gets to know your business in a perfect world, our relationships with our advertisers should be almost like we're the least expensive advertising employee that you have on your team. Because we do so much, we're almost embedded. Like that's true north for us. And in media and marketing, as long as you understand that the consumer is true north and finding a way to connect with them at the moments that matter the most in, in, a, in a thoughtful way will always guide you to conversion. That, that's absolutely true. And again, it's about, you know, everybody's after the, the dollars that, uh, you know, companies have to spend. So you've got to do a lot of due diligence to figure out, you know, what marketing does work, you know. Over the years, we've been very fortunate. Uh, I believed in technology as well. So spent a lot of money to determine, uh, again, where to spend our money. And now, you know, with uh, the way things are, we work with uh, a data mining engineer. Yes. Under that title. And uh, <laughs> we're fortunate because most companies, you know, can't afford that type of right. person. But tells us exactly where to spend our money and uh, – it, because otherwise, you know, you can waste a lot of money on, on advertising. For sure. For sure. I mean, all this stuff is super fascinating. And I'm also curious, Chris, about like, I mean, obviously Ron is, is a leader in the industry and it's great that we have this show with him to give him a platform to talk and stuff like that. But for those, for those people who are starting off with either a podcast or a show and are like, we want to expand our audience or maybe iHeart's a good place. Like where, where does someone start if they're looking to kind of build their brand or, you know, get their show heard or put on iHeart? What, what, what's the process look like from that perspective? So that's a great question. And one of the things I love about the iHeart Radio podcast network is how inclusive it is. Any advertiser that has a podcast can have the feed shared with us and we'll load it into the podcast network. And, you know, but, but in terms of growing a following, I think you really have to be brave and first ask for people whose opinions you trust to listen to your podcast and give you honest feedback. Because um, you never want to invite somebody to something that others haven't already reviewed and, and have them like your, listen to your podcast, give it some good feedback, and then write a review. And you can have reviews on all different sources, whether it's, you know, Apple Music or or any of those sources, but write those positive reviews and then to start sharing it socially. I think a social following is so important because the podcast is really about creating connections in a tribe. So you want to build up a social following. So finding people that honestly love it and will authentically share it, that's step one. Step two is then to 
you know, make it better and better and better. And, um, and then as you have partners that you're, that you begin to integrate into the podcast, whether they're sponsors or uh, thought leaders, have them start to share it on their social feed to build up that, that um, I call it the boulder that you're building, the positive boulder. Right. And then uh, from there, when you're ready to really scale, that's when you have people who are influencers or in the community be able to talk about it on different channels, whether it's television, over the top television, uh, radio, broadcast, whatever seems to make sense uh, for the type of person you're trying to reach. But choose that niche audience and really embrace them and bring them in. You're, you're right. You know, one of the things that, you know, I've realized is. A lot of it has to do with the people we interview and them being able, them generating an audience as well, not just our show, but if they're influencers or again, they're, they have a big social media presence or, you know, we want to help them and we want to help them grow. And those were, that was great advice, great tips to, uh, to ensure performance. By the way, I learned that a long time ago. That's what tip means to ensure performance. (laughs) So, uh, that's, uh. A bit of trivia that came from England in the year one when somebody no uh, uh, actually wanted to go to an inn and get drunk. So they would go and give their horse to the stable boy and give him a shilling in advance. And it was a tip and huh. it was to ensure the fact that they would feed the horse. And then when they staggered out drunk, they'd put him next to the horse and they could sleep. So that's where tip <laughs> came from. I just learned something new. We, we need to have a we need to have a new section like Ron's history moment or something <laughs> where you reach back into the past and give us a tale of the For of sure. the past. I love it. <laughs> well, when I do when I, I used to do uh, and I still do some public speaking and sure. somebody would say something really good, I'd have a silver dollar and throw it at him and say, "Here's a tip to because it was a if people use this, it'll help their performance." I wrote it down. I love it. <laughs> Uh, that's a, I mean, that's another great tip too. Just like when you hear these things, write stuff down, like, listen, I think that's such a, such an important thing. Like, I think one of the worst things is when you feel like you're the all know it, be it all expert and you don't take anybody's advice, but listen to stories, listen to everyone, take it with you. And I think that's, that's what really helps you grow. And I think that's an important, important lesson. And, uh, I think another thing is, you know, learning from your successes and failures. And I think, one thing we're going to focus on in the next segment is about one of those, because you've mentioned you have a very powerful story that we really would love to hear and kind of dive into a little bit. So make sure you stay tuned to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN to hear all about it. Welcome back to Grow Like a Pro for segment three on 610 WTVN with your hosts, Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greedbaum and our special guest, Chris Foley. And this is the part of the show where we like to, you know, not necessarily bring everybody down, obviously, but one of the most important lessons on your journey to finding success is overcoming failures and adversity, because a lot of people see failures as like, you know, a terrible thing. And while they are terrible in themselves, sometimes they can be the greatest lessons that you learn and can be one of the greatest, you know, parts of your journey that should not be overlooked. And Chris mentioned that she had something that she overcame. And we'd love to kind of hear what, what was that challenge and what, how did it change you and lead you to the successes that you're hopefully, you know, you're finding today? Sure. So a lot of people who know me well have told me I can't be outworked and I, you won't meet a more positive person. And I, it, co- it all centers back to when I was 24. I was, my career was taken off. I was engaged. 
everything was great. And I had a sudden medical situation come up and I had a tumor that came out of nowhere. And for a couple of days, we didn't know if it was cancerous or not. Luckily it wasn't, but it was massive. Um, it, it grew rapidly and I had to have a massive surgery, was out of work for three months. Um, but it rattled me because during that week where we didn't know if it was going to be a catastrophic type of cancer that could be life ending at the age of 24, I, I, you know, luckily it wasn't. And I had some of the best doctors that, that helped me through it, but I had a chance to have the most incredible gut check of what really matters, what really is worth complaining about what's worth fighting for. And at the age of 24, I matured rapidly. And it went from, you know, the the whole mentality of I have to get up at six in the morning to be ready to go to work at 730. It went from I have to, to I get to. And it changed my mindset on everything. And it gave me a purpose. And and it gave me a center of positivity that, you know, in, in the real world, I think if we were to all put our problems into the center of the universe with the rest of the world, and everyone got to go in and pick the problem out of the pile in the center. In a real honest moment, I bet you we would go race for the problems that we put in there to pull them back out because we have it good. And, and so even in a, in a year like 2020, which, you know, you can throw every business leadership marketing playbook out the window, there's opportunity in this. You know, our families are spending more time together. And, you know, and, and, and as companies, you know, workforces are seeing in are peeking into the homes of their of their coworkers and getting to be more connected to them into their own homes because of what's happening on Zoom and Teams and, and all of those things. So at a very young age, learning that you have to take what comes your way and find the opportunity in it and own it. You know, and, and it. My, my sense of positivity is supercharged, but it's, it's authentic and it's who I am. I actually had a, a life, a leadership coach that was hired for me. Um, and they said, you know, you have to explain to people why you are so positive and optimistic. Because if you don't know who you are, it can come off as, wow, is this person really this happy about things? And But if you ex- explain, this is how I'm an authentic leader. Uh, let people into the fold and be a little bit vulnerable with telling a story like that about, hey, I had a really scary situation that woke me up quite fast and I'm never going to be asleep again. You know, as a CEO or president, and I think the most important thing that we I always try to tell to our senior leadership and to myself is that, you know, you've got to be the minister of enthusiasm. That's kind of what I have a sign on one of my my old offices that said I was the minister of enthusiasm that uh, a team member made for me. And, you know, again, if I'm not enthusiastic, if I'm not somebody that feels good about what we're doing and, you know, you don't feel great every day, but, you know, you, you really have to walk in with the right kind of attitude and realize, as you said, you know, I, I have a philosophy when things don't go exactly right. And I've, you know, I've written it in a book that I wrote that said, this too shall pass. And, uh, you know, over the years, the, this too shall pass moments, uh, come and go and they do pass. So you're right. You know, you're, things could be a lot worse, uh, and they are for a lot of people. And the question is, what are you doing to help, you know, with the situation? And as a leader, you have an obligation to, to, uh, to lead by example and be that positive influence. Right. And it's just amazing how, you know, you can, you can really, your whole team feeds off of your energy and your aura. 
you know, so, so being that person that people trust to be the one that, that is, that does the right thing and does see true North and does see a way ahead and uh, will help problem solve and dig in with people. That's what, that's what teams create. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I think something you said that really stuck out to me was how, yeah, you are, you know, and I, I mean, I could just tell from just speaking with you for this short time of how uh, optimistic person you are. I mean, even talking to you makes me smile. Like it's like you do have that energy, which I think is such a great thing to have for a leader. But you mentioned too, like you don't be afraid to show your vulnerability to open yes. up to explain that because you you don't want someone who's just fake happy all the time because you know it's not it's not true. Like things happen in people's lives that are ups and downs. And I think if you open that up a little bit, it, it really means so much to, you know, the people that you're leading and all that other great stuff. And uh, I think it's, it's supremely important. You know, one of the things also, Chris, what is the biggest challenge you've faced with, again, COVID coming in? And, that, you know, obviously you're responsible for a lot of people's health and well-being. What, what, what do you feel the biggest challenge has been? challenge, I think, is helping people stay calm, um, realizing that they have to work harder than they ever have right now. But if they see 2021 and what the results can be in 2021 because of the hard work and grit they're putting in right now, they can be so much further ahead next year because of the higher level of relationships, the more connectivity they have, and, and really working with more clients that are bulletproof um, and, and resilient. You know, as we help companies figure out how to be resilient through 2020, we're building lifelong partnerships. I think a lot of people in business throw the partner word around like, you know, um, w- without the full authenticity of what that word truly means. And what our team is doing right now is really helping companies figure this out. And we're, we're, we're being flexible we are trying, it is actually a great time to test the medium because of the fact that we are trying to really do everything we can to help businesses succeed because everyone's going to remember this moment in time and who was there for them and frankly, who wasn't. And so I see this as a battle cry to, um, to help these, my teammates really figure out how they can help businesses get through this. And it changes every week. There's ups and there's downs, but we have the, the ability to learn from so many things that are happening across the country and then share that intel with other people and other businesses and, and say, hey, here's a best practice that worked in a similar city. Let's try it here. I think that's amazing. One, one of the things in my company we're now doing is we have project, our salespeople are really project managers because they manage our, you know, all the home improvement projects that we do and waterproofing. And we've gone to a morning meeting every single morning. And it's really made a big difference because everybody, you know, nobody's going in the office now in that department. So they're going out to the public and they're, they're talking about what happens, uh, you know, in these visits. And, and it's really helped keep everybody together. So I think the communication companies that have realized they've got to change how they're communicating. And fortunately, we always had a lot of technology and people that know how to use the technology. We started down that road many years ago with our people and uh, it's paid off in dividends. So yeah, I mean, it's a different world right now. Keeping your people close, you know, and just, you know, doing whatever you can. I mean, if we need to make a concession to help an employee, we're going to try and do that. You know, if we need to be that personal trainer to say, look, 
this is tough times and you're going to have to do even more to have the same amount of business that you had last year. And I don't want you to just be surprised by that. Like actually being that personal trainer, like no one loves the personal trainer, but your body looks better when you work with them and you feel better. So the end result, so just being there every step of the way and keeping those lines open is so important. Yeah, it, it is. It is super important. And it's a lot of great tips. And unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our third segment. So that means we only have one more segment with the wonderful Chris. So make sure to stay tuned for our last segment of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN. Hello and welcome back to Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN with Adam Bankhurst and Ron Greenbaum and our special guest, Chris Foley of iHeartRadio. And unfortunately, my friends, we are once again at the final segment, which pains me to say, but that means we have to make this one extra special. So we, we, we want to start by talking to Chris and giving her a chance to talk about some other stuff she may be working on or nonprofits or fun stuff. And also kind of what she sees, you know, the future of iHeartRadio and the radio business because she has such a hand in it. So I kind of just want to give you a chance to, to tell people a little bit about how they can get involved and what they can do to kind of grow like a pro, as we like to say. Well, I think when you grow like a pro, one of the most important things that you can do is to give back. <clears throat> and You'll find like you might think initially, I'm too busy for this. What am I thinking about? But what happens is if you can find a way for your community passion to do good, to then be fueled by your talents that you have from your professional world and maybe even your treasures to donate through, what you find is this really great circle of energy. And uh, that's what happened when we created Make Kindness Contagious, which is a nonprofit that really the goal is to throw kindness around the country like it's confetti and to get kids involved because kids are the best way to a kind future. And so, you know, but, but it was a project that I started because I just saw my children, I saw their confidence and I saw that when they did good things, they felt better about themselves. But there were also all these things like the world can just be a little bit more kind right now. I think we can all agree to that. Uh, but letting kids see that little acts of kindness truly add up. And, you know, you, there's all this talk about bullies and, and self-esteeming kids. Well, there's nothing that really says I'm the antithesis of a bully. You know, the anti-bully is, is truly the kid that actually will make someone feel included. And so that's what this organization is all about. And I'll tell you, it fuels me. And yes, I had no time to do this, but you know what happened? In launching this project with two of my friends, I, all three of us, just the one thing that we had to give up was drama. So in doing all this good and being busier than ever in our careers and with our families and with this nonprofit, we, we, gave, we, we gave up drama and it hasn't come back. And my life is so much better because of it. So I highly encourage leaders out there, like find a cause that you're passionate about and jump in. And, and, and that's going to make you just feel so whole and so complete and you'll find your energy. You can take on more and more and more and, uh, and just feel so good about the work that you're doing. So, um, so if anyone wants to check out Make Kindness Contagious, the website is makekindnesscontagious.org. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And uh, as soon as we can get back to doing more community events, we will. Uh, but right now we're doing all sorts of art projects and, and random acts of kindness that we're actually trying to make not random. So uh, it's really cool to see. Um, and then in terms of what I see for business, I'll tell you, um, purpose-driven marketing is, is expected these days. Consumers 
really say, you know what, if a company is doing well, they better be giving back if they want my dollar. And, and so I see that very heavily weighing. And I think podcasting will also continue to grow because it's a way that people can feel connected. And we so need that right now. Um, and being able to have a long form conversation when you, when you listen to podcasts, you're often doing it by yourself. So this connection is so good. And the, the earbuds go right into the brain with no interruptions on topics that people really care about. So I think that will continue to explode. Um, and I also think that shows like this that give back and and give people hope um, as well as knowledge uh, on, a, on a quickly moving world of leadership. I think these are things that are conti- going to continue to grow and take off like wildfire, the best kind of wildfire. So, you know, I'm going to plug next week's show a little bit uh, here. And spoilers, come on. Yeah. We have a, a woman, uh, actually, a husband and a wife team coming on that I, I toured this morning, uh, together we grow. They've, uh, la- in the last, uh, couple years have really grown, uh, the ability to grow gardens in, uh, Licking County and particularly Newark, Ohio in the inner city. Last year, they were able to give 4,000 pounds of vegetables to the inner city, primarily inner city community in Licking County in Newark. And it was amazing. I, I, I really, could not even believe. I went to six different gardens and uh, really learned a lot. And fortunately, we're going to be able to get involved with that. But they really grew like a pro because this is a, a husband and wife team that grew to this magnitude in really in about eight years. And it was their efforts and it's still their efforts. So it's pretty amazing what people can do. But, you know, they're passionate about it. And I think Chris... Obviously, you're passionate. Passion is what's important. And, uh, you know, we talked about that last week in growing a business, but it's it's particularly passionate, if, you know, in terms of helping people. And uh, that's what it's about right now. Ron, you're so, you're so right. When you find organizations like that, and they're literally people who are making the world a little bit better every day. If we just set that expectation for ourselves as human beings to say, by the time I go to bed tonight, when my head hits this pillow, I want to be able to say I did something that's going to help a coworker or help a, a member of the community, help a neighbor. If we just are committed to that, just imagine the impact that can make. Yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's I think it's great that we have them on because yeah they literally are growing like a pro so I think it's just it's going to be the greatest crossover in history it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> it, will be. it will be. Well, when you hear the story too of um, Pam, the one of the founders, and she had a life changing event as well, and uh, it was pretty amazing uh, that how that affects people and it affected her and. Uh, she again. I, I, this is just incredible what they're doing. Yeah. It's, well, I can't yeah. wait to learn, and I also would love to find out if we can get involved with them. So, uh, so I will follow up on that for sure, Ron. See, that's what it's all about. You can have the conversations and make things happen. I love it. <laughs> Collaborative connections. This is. I mean, twenty twenty has taught us one thing, and that's collaboration is really important. Yep. And and coming together as a group, there are going to be hidden good things that come from this horrible challenge of a year. And that's one of them, you know, and just humans being good people, right? Let's get back to that. And 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 so I'm, I'm so optimistic about the rising crop of leaders that's coming up and, and navigating through all of this, because I really do think that people are going to take things and say, I need to think about my purpose in life. And I need to think about what I'm doing to help those around me. And if that happens and it escalates 
just imagine the future. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's, I know it's like kind of can be a cliche thing, but it's so true that even like the smallest candle can make the difference in like a pitch black room. I mean, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Like if someone sees even a spark of hope, what it can do for somebody out there that's just looking for it. So you don't be yeah. in the hey, Adam, one that's supposed to have those little, <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta get them in every once in a while. No, you already had your moment with the story from the, from long ago. No. <laughs> Yes, we already have the tips moments. So now we have the tips and we have the, the candle moments. Exactly. So I'm, like, I'm my moment. <laughs> We're ready. We're waiting for it. <laughs> now your your moment's been almost an hour. I know, here. exactly. Great. Yeah, Chris. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this. I, I cannot champion this show enough. It is, it is so nice to have this on 610 WTBN. Yeah, it's a, well, you've got a lot of great shows, you know, and uh, I think that that's important that you realize, and that's when we talked about this show initially, you really feel that a lot of this type of programming uh, is important for the community. And I think you're exactly right that, uh, you know, people need hope. They need uh, tips. They need uh, they need to feel like they're connected. And I think that a lot of the, the, the right type of uh, podcast, I mean, I'll give Adam a plug. He's, he's the video guru. And <laughs> I think this is great, too. Yeah, it's it's and well, I appreciate that, Ron and Chris. I, you know, as we wrap up real quick, is there what's the best way for people to keep in touch with you or iHeart or anything like that? For iHeart, you know, you can call our main offices. Uh, you can go online and look for us, but you can also email me directly. It's Chris Foley, K R I S F O L E Y at iHeartMedia.com. Great, Chris. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for spending the time with us. It was really a great conversation, and your optimism and and just just good nature really helped me today. So I'm. I'm sure it'll help a lot of listeners out there too. So thank you so much. And Ron, thank you so much for joining me once again. And we look forward to coming back for another show next week of Grow Like a Pro on 610 WTVN.